welcome to the Driving Your Marketing Podcast, where small business entrepreneurs come discover the strategies, systems, and tools to kick their marketing into high gear. If you want to go from surviving small business owner to thriving entrepreneur, you're in the right place. Let's get ready to roll. All right, welcome everybody. This is Eli Delaney with Driving Your Marketing Podcast, and we are here to have fun, teach you all the cool tips, tricks, resources, and cool stuff you can do to market your business more effectively. Because let's face it, when it comes to marketing, most small business entrepreneurs are stuck in that hole. They don't like marketing. They think it seems sleazy and salesy and all that kind of stuff. And let's face it, that is not it. It is actually a very fun process. And as long as you are getting your message out there, sharing it with the right people, and of course, we're going to go with the given that you have amazing products and services to share, then marketing is a good thing. And what I like to do is I like to bring in awesome guests that I meet from throughout the world that are doing some really cool rock star marketing things. And today's guest is Brenda Trott. She's often referred to as the make money in your sleep girl. She's the founder of Done For You uh, Media Marketing and has authored over 20 books herself and encourages others to do the same. So Brenda, thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, Eli. Thanks for having me. I'm a rock star, huh? You are a rock star. I only bring rock stars on my show. That's the way it works. Great. Good to know. <laughs> yes. Well, and you know, I, you know, you and I had a cool conversation last week, but I probably didn't tell you the part about. I actually came from the rock and roll world before I started doing marketing stuff. Uh, I, I knew was a, your name sounded familiar. Yeah, I, I wasn't. I wasn't a famous rocker, but I was actually the the stagehand behind the scenes, helping a lot of the famous rockers do their thing. And I worked from um, all kinds of fun shows, everything from Ozzy Osbourne, Megadeth to uh, country people that I unfortunately couldn't name because it's not really my thing. Um, to even classics like Wayne Newton. Um, Shirley Jones, Smothers Brothers, all those kind of guys. I used to do a lot of that stuff. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I think I hear your next book. <laughs> I've, I have been told that, and I am working on a version of that. I just haven't quite figured out how to, how to meld that story into everything else that I'm doing yet, which actually brings us to today's topic, because I definitely want to you know, bring in the whole thing about books. You really are encouraging authors to, or um, entrepreneurs to get out there and write a book. So let's talk about that for a little bit because um, I just got my first book out there. It's called Marketing Tidbits. We launched it just not, not very long ago. Uh, as of the time of this recording, we're looking at you know, probably not even a month. And we're having a blast with it. And I can tell you it's opening up a ton of doors for me. So I'd love to hear your thoughts and idea on it. And, of course, I would really like to hear your background as well. Well, sure. Um, first of all, congratulations on the launch of your book. Uh, I just read some uh, interesting statistics the other day, and 58% of those who consider themselves authors have actually completed a work of art, uh, of work. So you're um, you're definitely in the elite. And like you said, so many people, it does open those doors for them. Uh, my background really is um, I'm a first scratch business owner. I've um, I, I've built businesses around my, my children, and I've built businesses around my passion. And honestly, my current passion is is entrepreneurship. And I, I, it may sound odd, but I really am passionate that the uh, blood of America, and I know that you probably have an international audience, but I really think that what makes America strong and what makes it a, a wonderful place to live is the fact that we have the opportunity to uh, decide 
how to make our income as entrepreneurs and that we don't need to go out into the corporate world and work for somebody else. And so I do everything that I can in my power to enable people who also have a passion to uh, share their passion with the world in an entrepreneurial way and to make them successful. So that's, that's pretty much why I started what I do. And um, I forgot where you asked me to go, so I'll stop rambling and let you ask another question. <laughs> no, you're, that's fine. And I, and I love that because that resonates so well with me. I mean, that's I, I love what I do. I do this because um, I enjoy teaching marketing. I love working with entrepreneurs. And I remember when I first started, I had no clue what I was doing. I decided, I mean, quite honestly, it was, it was a mutual agreement between me and my employer that I was unemployable and I should not be there. <laughs> and it was time for me to find something else. And so I did the whole job thing. I went through multiple jobs because I really got bored at every single one of them. And I, that's when I finally decided to start my own business. And then my first business was a web and graphic design company. But I had no business background. I had no clue what I was doing. I mean, for, for all rights rights and purposes, I had no right being an entrepreneur because I, the only thing I knew how to do was build websites. And I built really pretty ones, but that was about the extent of it. And so when I went out on my own, I know how much of a struggle it was, uh, but it was so worth it. And it's great to be in a position now, just like yourself, where we're here to help other entrepreneurs get over those stumbling blocks. Yeah, you know, you bring up a good point. Um, I think that everybody has a right to be an entrepreneur, first of all. But uh, if, if the graphic design was, you know, your thing, the one part that I think most entrepreneurs forget is that no matter what business you're in, you really are in the business of marketing. And so if you don't know how to do it, you need to find out or uh, outsource them and get somebody to help you. All right, and I love that so much because I, that is exactly the same phrase that I use for everybody else when I'm teaching this stuff because of the fact that it, it is a basic principle of you know being in business and not even just being in a business. Um, you know, for anybody who's listening, if you are an entrepreneur, this applies to you as well because or not an entrepreneur but an employee. It, this applies to you as well because let's face it. Your job, doesn't matter how good you are, how qualified you are, if you're an entrepreneur, it doesn't matter how great your products and services are, if you don't get in front of the right people and share your message right, you're not going to be selling your products to the right people, and therefore, you're going to end up looking for another job. And if you're out there in a job position, you have to sell yourself every day just to make sure that you stand out from the next that guy that might want your job or want that promotion you're going after. So it's still – it's all marketing. It really all boils down to the same thing. Yeah, and I guess I could add just, one, just a little bit off key, but if we just add one more thing to that, and that is that if you're not marketing, uh, you're really doing a disservice to your potential clients because what you have – I've seen some of your graphic work, and I know that you know, you're on to more and better things, but um, if you don't share your value with somebody else, you're you're – really doing them a disservice because they don't know about you. They have no idea who you are. Right. That being said, I'm more of an attraction marketer because uh, not because I think it's sleazy to, you know, go out there, uh, as you mentioned earlier, and push out, but I prefer that people come to me. I don't like to cold call people. I don't like to. I was in the insurance industry for a while, and they said, oh, we'll give you all these leads. You know, come and, come and work for us and, and our sales team, and we'll give you all these leads. The leads consisted of basically of a phone book. 
and I would sit on the phone for hours and hours. I'm thinking, this is not what I want to do. I want people who know the value of what I offer to find me, and that's what I help others do. Right, and I love that. Now, and and I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say that that whole concept of that attraction marketing and the things that you're doing right now um, is kind of has to do with some of your success on Amazon. Am I correct? Oh, absolutely. Um, Amazon, Amazon in itself. That's kind of how I got the the uh, nickname to make money in your sleep, girl. I was going to local um, networking events. And kind of playing around with different things, like you said, you know, you're not sure exactly where you fit in the world when you're going into entrepreneurship. And and I think I was peddling insurance one day and teeth whitening another day. And um, on the side talks, I would talk to people and let them know, hey, you know what, I, I, I woke up this morning and I sold like 50 more things on Amazon. I'm just so excited that I made money in my sleep. And as I continue to attend these events, they're like, oh, they thought that's how to make money in your sleep, girl. I didn't know my name. They didn't know what I was selling because I didn't know what I was selling that day. But they mm-hmm. knew that I made money in my sleep, and they wanted to know more about that. So uh, yeah. Amazon is definitely uh, what a lot of people don't realize about Amazon is that they're, they're I don't know if they're incorporated or, or what they are, but it's not like Walmart. Walmart, you know, they have contracts with the big guys. They put the, the stuff on the shelf. You go in there, and you buy it as a consumer. Amazon is more like the antique shop where everybody brings their stuff in and they lay it out on the table and when you buy it, you have to look at the barcode and see who it belonged to because you bought their item. They're a big supermarket of lots of people's stuff. They have the big guys in there and then they've got all the little guys too. And I love their name because they really are the Amazon of marketing. If you want to know how to do something right, follow and see what they've done. They uh, follow up with their customers with emails that show them like products. Uh, and to put your stuff on there, and you really can be, you know, I, I've said it a lot of times, but, you know, you're one of the big guys. Right. I love that. And it is it is true because Amazon has got – I mean, they're they're one of the first companies that had an affiliate program. They're one of the first companies who's actually done um, targeted marketing where you buy one book and they're going to start selling you all the books that are related to that one in the genre or by the same author. Or even just you go to their website and you start looking at stuff, they're going to start sending you emails related to those products or similar products. I mean, I get at one point I was doing research for um, stuff related to popcorn popping. And I still to this day, which is you know almost a year later, I get emails about different you know different types of poppers and the little the cool little machines for your home theater and different types of popcorn and salt and all this kind of stuff purely because they've tracked that information and they're watching and then of course they're selling me stuff related to what I'm interested in, which is a right. Great and as a consumer, model. you don't mind because it's stuff mm-hmm. that you're interested in. You're not getting uh, repeated things like you know about Viagra. You're getting things yeah. that you have been expressed an interest in, and I, you know, no, no offense to anybody who is interested in Viagra. I'm just saying that not everybody can can uh, accept those types of advertisements and be happy about it. But when right. Amazon sends you something, you know, it's, it's it's pretty interesting. And I I love when they send me copies of my own book. See, mm-hmm. when I when I go out there, I, I shop other types of items similar. That's what we all do. When when somebody reads a book about uh, gardening, 
often they don't read just one book about gardening. They want to see more books about it. And so when they send you more, that's great. But when they send me my own titles and say that, you know, you might be interested in, in purchasing this, that just affirms for me that I'm working with a great company. Mm-hmm. No, I totally agree with that. It is so fun. I had a, a friend of ours who, um, as she got her book up there, and Amazon sent her an email with that same thing, and she was so excited when she saw that because that shows, you know, number one is it shows validation for yourself that if Amazon is promoting my book, then obviously, you know, obviously I'm doing something right type situation. But on top of that, she ended up getting a ton of extra sales because of that too. Right. Very cool. So let's talk a little bit about your books because I mean you're you're doing you're doing some really good stuff on Amazon and you're teaching your clients how to do it as well. What are what are some of the books you got out there? Let's talk about your success on Amazon for a bit. Sure. Well, um, I you know when I started, I started a lot like I did in entrepreneurship, and I have uh, over twenty titles. Actually, I think it's close to thirty now. So I realized that. I didn't want to confuse my market. So I really hold on to two at this point, and one is in the parenting niche. So I, uh, just like I have a passion for entrepreneurs, I have a passion for parents. I was an educator for years, and it always saddened me to see how often parents are, you know, really uh, blamed for so much in a child's life, when in reality, the school system has them for many more hours of the day than a parent does. So um, I, I developed a, a couple of books, and I promoted those books. And to this day, I get letters from parents who, you know, really want some, some help. But I decided that I didn't want to monetize that, so that's kind of a, a hobby, but I still write in that genre. And uh, as part of the parenting genre, you know, I, I was uh, always about, and I don't know about you, but when I first started as an entrepreneur, I, I, it, it wasn't always um, – profitable <laughs> so one of uh, my best-selling books is about couponing it's about you know saving money and, and, and those kinds of things but just recently uh, or actually you know within the last couple of years I've also started uh, promoting books that help entrepreneurs and that's where I realized oh yeah right I'm going to use you know my passion to help those I'm passionate about and so uh, some of my best sellers are about Facebook marketing uh, marketing on Flickr and uh, other social media types of things. Very cool. And what kind of, you know, um, first off, you know, with doing that, you're getting your books published out there. Are you doing those in just Kindle or are you doing them in physical as well? Well, it kind of depends on on the uh, genre. I I guess I I did forget to mention, you know, part of the parenting. I also uh, sometimes write children's stories. And a children's story is often under 25 pages. And you can have those printed, but they tend to get at the volume level. I, I don't like to do if – if you don't mind, I'm going to back up just a little bit. Okay. Um, most of everything I, – I now house a publishing company. But when I started, I was doing everything, you know, self-published and print-on-demand. So in the old days, I guess you could say about a decade ago, uh, if you were a self-published author – it meant that you have invested thousands of dollars to a publishing house uh, for the privilege of them to print and bind your book, which then you would house in your own garage or basement, and then peddle as much as you could, hoping that maybe a publishing house would then 
uh, take note and sign you on, which pretty much never happened. Uh, mm-hmm. Because once you were self-published, you were tethered. Today, thanks to companies largely like Amazon, Lulu, um, there's, and there's a few others out there, it's not like that anymore. With the technology that we have, you can basically get published for no cost. You can, um, you have no risk. You don't have to put any money up for it. I mean, you can if you want uh, people to professionally edit and, and those types of things. But for the most part, you can just send your stuff to Amazon or CreateSpace or Lulu and put it out there, put it, market it, and as people purchase it, it will then be printed and sent to them. That's not to mention the uh, immediate types of books that you could get, which are, they were called e-books in the past. Um, now they're, you know, Kindle readers, Moby readers, uh, Nook readers. Uh, we all want instant gratification. So if we find something online, uh, if we can get it delivered to us quickly as a consumer, that's what we want. So those e-books actually sell very well. But so do the, the parts that, you know, print by hand. So I have a mix. Uh, I have a lot more um, electronic versions than I do print versions. And a part of that reason is because it's a lot easier to format a book in the ebook version than it is in a print version. And I usually reach out for some help. And, and before I do that, before I outsource my formatting, I want to make sure that what I put out there is going to sell well. And so sometimes I get feedback or, um, you know, may, I'll read it over again and I, I don't like the way this is worded and I'll change it up and it's very easy to do in ebook format. And so I'll market something that way for at least a month or two and then I'll push it over to the, uh, you know, the, the printed side. Uh, your original question, I think, was, what was your original question, Eli? <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we were just talking about, um, I was just asking about, you know, what kind of, where are your, your books? Are they physical? Or are they just digital? You know, just yeah. kind of giving us a little bit of background of how you're, how you're putting your books out there right now. Because, I mean, let's face it, that in today's world, having a book makes a world of difference. I mean, it opens up amazing doors. And it's so funny because I'm finding this I mean I already knew this because I knew a lot of people in the in the publishing world I know a lot of authors but when actually having my own physical book has made a big big difference for us in you know taking all the information that I knew and actually really solidifying it in the fact that it opens up amazing doors because yeah, just by probably, saying I'm the published author I'm sorry I was just going to say um, just by saying I'm a published author of the marketing tidbits book Instantly, people are like, okay, cool, yeah, I want to have you on my radio show. You know, it's like they haven't even had a chance to read the book to find out if it's any good yet. That's what I was going to say. It, you'll find that many times they, they don't need to read it either. Um, to, it, depending on the size of your book and, and that type of thing, it makes it – it's another big business card. That's kind of how I consider a book. Um, mm-hmm. You set that book on your shelf. Someone else say, it sets that book on their shelf. Your name is now in front of – Everybody who comes into their office and sees that book on their shelf. Um, yes, adding the word uh, publisher, uh, excuse me, adding the word uh, author to, to your name really does open speaking events and, and those types of things as well. I've had people contact me just because I'm, a, a book was mentioned on LinkedIn 
Uh, I'm in Texas. I've had people contact me as far away as New Jersey wanting to know about my social media tactics because they knew I read, a, I wrote a book, and they hadn't mm-hmm. read it yet either. So it does open up all sorts of doors just by having it completed, done, and published. But I've also heard people, I haven't done this yet myself because, again, like I said, I'm into attraction marketing, but if you wanted to be more aggressive, you could, um, you can get these physical versions of your book without spending thousands of dollars. You could get a couple of copies and actually mail them to your prospects as, you know, a gift. And boy, mm-hmm. if that's not going to get attention, I don't know what will. Right. No, definitely. I, I totally agree with that. And I, I know people who've done that. Um, you know, we haven't done that yet, but we're, you know, that's one of the things that's in our our thing. I mean, just you know, literally like a week ago is when we actually got our physical copies of the book other than my proof. Um, but yeah, I mean, I know people that do that. And it also, the great thing is that, you know, when you have a client, if you give them a copy of that book when they sign on as a client, that's also that extra step that they're like, oh, this is so great. This is so awesome. And these are kind of some of the things that you can use a book for. You know, number one is getting that extra publicity. But also, you know, if you've got a prospect or a client, you know, starting off with a prospect, if you've got a prospect who's interested in checking you out, that they see you have a book and you send them a copy of it versus your competitor who doesn't have a book, who stands out more? Who's going to have more clout? Well, you are. Absolutely. And think about it, too. You know, I, I think that every single business owner should have one, and that's that's one of my points, too. If you need a cardiologist, which one do you want to go to? Do you want to go to the cardiologist down the street who's local to you, or do you want to go to the cardiologist who wrote the book on how to be heart healthy? Right. No, I love it. And it is so, so true. Now, as we're talking about this, we're talking about the concept of all business owners needing to write a book of some sort. So we, we've talked about why it's so great and why it's so powerful, but doesn't it take a lot of work to write a book? I mean, I know, I know, you know, for me, I had a pretty good formula on how I did it, but even with that, it ended up taking us over a year to actually get it done because we, it got put on the back burner multiple times and all that kind of stuff. And I know people who don't consider themselves authors are sitting there going, oh, I can never write a book. So let, let's dispel that myth right now. I, I think uh, my very first book was an audio book. Uh, just as naturally as you and I are talking right now, it would be very easy to send off the transcripts of this recording, have someone uh, type up everything that we've said, and you can see those words on paper and manipulate them enough to be a full-fledged story, you know, with organization. So if you can speak, you can write. That's that's what I tell my clients. And yet, you know, I understand the thing, like you said, back burner and that kind of thing. You really have to understand the value of it and know that you want to do it. I've had some clients have had success in saying, oh, I'm going to get a chapter done a week. Uh, that doesn't usually happen, but when, they, when I work with them, uh, you know, if you really want to do that, then let's outline the chapter and let's uh, schedule a time that we're going to talk about exactly what's going to be in that chapter. And, if, you know, a weekly thing isn't going to work. Um, so let's, let's try a month. Let's try uh, talking about each chapter every month, getting those transcribed and worked into a, a formula that makes sense for you. And before you know it, you know, five chapters is plenty. Right. Well, which actually brings me to my next question. When you're talking about a book, we're not talking about necessarily having the the great American novel either, are we? 
Oh, gosh, no. A, a lot of people think that, you know, you have to write War and Peace in order to have a, a publishable book. Uh, if you're going to do a physical format, you really should have at least 75 pages. That's a nice, decent size for a, a you know, for a business book card, or excuse me, a, a giant size uh, business card. Mm-hmm. But uh, other than that, you know, I've had some success with books that were less than 25 pages, especially, and now, uh, depending on your business, for example, tattoo artists, <laughs> you, you know, they can do mostly graphics in their book, and an ebook version, it's, it's still not going to be that costly. Um, and and I, do knew, I do know business owners who are tattoo artists, but also, depending on your genre, even with marketing, you know, there are now comics, you can do comic books for a uh, very quickly, very easily, and there's hardly any words on those at all. Right. No, and I love that. And it is, I know it's really popular. I think it was Michael Port just took his book, um, Book Solid, or Book Yourself Solid, the original one, which was a few hundred pages when I originally read it years and years ago, and he just redid the book in kind of a comic book format. And it's it's selling like crazy. It's still thick. It's still, you know, because that was a couple hundred page book to begin with. But those kind of things are starting to get more and more popular. And a lot of it has to do with, well, I mean, let's face it, we're in an ADD society. Nobody wants to exactly. read the big, long books anymore. They want short, sweet, to the point, especially when it comes to business books. You know, maybe if you're reading a, a fiction, you know, the latest, greatest, you know, vampire, teeny bopper book, okay, that's fine. But... When you're talking about business stuff, you know, people don't have as much of an attention span. And so having a book that's you know, 100, 150, maybe 200 pages is actually becoming more common. I've seen more and more uh, books that are 100 to, 100 to 120 pages in the last two years than I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, um, and I think you hit the nail on the head right there. It's- I don't know if it were an ADHD society, but we definitely want that instant gratification. And, um, I, you know, I'm going to be a little sexist here for a minute. I haven't read your book yet, Eli. I look forward to getting my copy of it. But um, in in the past, I've noticed that men, male writers often follow the genre of they're going to tell you what they're going to say, they're going to say it, and then they're going to tell you what they've said. Well, that might be great for, you know, some kind of uh, speech or, you know, presentation, don't do that in my book. I don't want to read it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're going to tell me, tell me uh, and, and get it said. So uh, I didn't notice that in the past with female writers, but, you know, I, I could be full of it too. I'm just I totally get that because that formula works really well. And, and, I, and I understand where you're coming from from that because that's, the, that's also the old school English storytelling format. And so that's that's what we've been taught. I totally understand why you're probably seeing a lot of that. Um, and I now that you said it, I'm probably going to pay more attention to some of the stuff that I read too, um, to see how much of it's there that I hadn't noticed specifically before. Um, yeah, but it's it is called fluff. It is, uh, fluff. And, and, and today's reader doesn't really need that. Uh, again, depending on which format you're going to, you know, if you're reading, if you're writing a smaller booklet or sometimes they call them pamphlets, those are still very popular in mm-hmm. the ebook format. Uh, the expectation is not, you know, unless you're nonfiction, excuse me, unless you're fiction, uh, the expectation is that you're going to give people the meat of it. They don't need the fluff. 
Right. I love that. And it is so, so true. In today's world, we have moved to the point where we don't want fluff. We want short, sweet, to the point. Give me the action. I, I want the meat of the sandwich. I don't get, don't give me the bread anymore. You know? Now, so let's talk about a couple of things. Now, one thing is we're, we're talking about generic audiences here. I mean, our audience for, for this show is anything from, you know, coaches, consultants. We have graphic designers. We have tanning salons, coffee shop owners, network marketing people. Um, you know, you name it. We have somebody in just about every, every niche across the board. Let's talk about how do we get started in a book and, and kind of use an example. You started with a one great example, which was you know a tattoo artist. You know what mm-hmm. they what they could potentially do for a book. But if if I'm a you know say I'm just starting out my business, maybe I'm a coffee shop owner. What how would I come up with ideas to start writing a book? Uh, well, one one way that I I look. I mean, if you're in an artistic area, you know, coffee shop again. There's so many uh, ways that you can go. That one of my clients, um, Isla May, hit, wrote a book just with recipes of different types of um, espresso, because espresso mm-hmm. and all the things that you can do with espresso. So you know you can talk about things that you can do with things. One formula that I like to use, I'll tell you that in just a second. But another thing that came to mind is that something I didn't even realize. It's kind of funny how uh, life just seems to get better when you take your own advice. <laughs> I would actually um, almost preach to people, you know, don't be afraid to write articles about uh, what you do and how you do it. You know, one of the biggest things that happened, I know, maybe back in the 1800s, is someone actually took out a full-on uh, page in the newspaper advertisement saying this is how to write an advertisement, and they took you step by step by step by step. This is how you do it. And you know what happened is he got more business for people that said, okay, you wrote the book on how to do it, so can you do it for me? <laughs> and mm-hmm. what was so amazing is that I would tell people, don't be afraid to tell people how to write these articles don't, or, you know, about your stuff, you know, do this. And they, and they would come to me, and they'd be like, can you write my book? Can you write my article? <laughs> and I was surprised. And I thought, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, that's what I'm telling everybody. So, um that, that's one thing that I really want to stress is that don't be afraid to give away your secrets. You know, what is, what is your sauce? What is it about you and how you do your service or how you make your product that makes it that much better? And by sharing that with people, uh, they're going to get a better understanding about you and your passion, and they're going to come back to you to do it for them because we're lazy. You know, we want the best. But we're lazy, and I, we meaning a, a society as a whole. You know, we, we need things to be done easy, and uh, and we want the best, and we want it fast, and we want it now. Uh, another formula uh, that I offer people, because that is a formula if you think about it, you know, is just kind of sharing your secret sauce. If you take the top three questions that people ask you the most, so if you're a consultant or a coach of some sort, oftentimes when you're talking to somebody on the phone in an initial consult, um, you know, whether it's one-on-one or even in the process of doing things, you're going to hear yourself saying the same things over and over again. You're, you're, you've got paragraphs that you almost have memorized, and you're like, boy, you know, I've said that a hundred times over again. Mm-hmm. That's your book, okay? So take your top three questions and answer them. And right, right there, you'll find that you've got plenty of material to pop into a book. 
Right, and that is so, so true, and it's something that I teach people when they're coming up with content just for, you know, doing videos or articles for their blog or any of that kind of stuff, the same principle works here, and you're talking about the top three questions for something short, sweet, to the point. I mean, I usually say, okay, take your top ten questions because I find that the, that generally, if you actually stop and think about it, there are, there are usually between eight and ten things that people ask you about on a regular basis, and you've gotten to the point where you've gotten so comfortable answering that that you answer the question without even thinking anymore. Right, and I think that's why I say, I say the top three questions because what happens is when people are on a roll, you know, they already know that you're going to ask this, so you go there, too. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it, the number really doesn't matter. Uh, it, it's just the point of, you know, what is it that your market is still confused about that you can answer for them right away? Awesome. So so we've talked about, you know, what you just talked about was, okay, here's how you come up with the ideas, the content for a book. So we've gotten that. Now we're going to take that information. Maybe you want to do like you said, which is actually, you know, start off as an audio and have it transcribed, make it a lot easier for yourself. So you, you've got the idea of here's what I'm going to talk about. Now I've got it put into an audio format. I've hired somebody that can transcribe it to turn it into actual written word now, and we're ready to get it going, what are some of the things you can do to market that book? Because obviously, it doesn't do us any good to have it if nobody reads it. But, yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think my first um, my first book or two um, just kind of sat up there. I just It was something that I did and wanted to try it. One of those things that I tried out, threw it up there, and um, I think I got a sale in a year. And I went, oh, yeah, I did that, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> so you're absolutely right. If it's there, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to come. Uh, and and there's a variety of things that you can do. And Eli, I think that you you um, let people know that well all the time. You know, self promotion has to do with sharing part of your content on videos and, and articles and those types of things. But a way easier way just to get started. And one of the reasons why I think that people should write books. Is because they're going to, if they find you in these other places, then they're going to, it's another leak funnel for you. And so when you place your book, or I, I propose people put them on Amazon, uh, and there's lots of different ways that you can do that. No, Amazon, contrary to belief, does not uh, keep your rights to your book. Everything that you, you publish is, remains yours. And that's true for Lulu, CreateSpace, and, and all of these other venues that you can do this with. But you need to know what people are looking for, and then you need to position your book that way. So much like SEO, it, there's kind of an SEO formula for Amazon, and you need to know how to tag your book correctly, how to um, maybe tweak your title a little bit differently, and then, of course, there's the categories, and you want to find out which categories people are going to be looking for your book. Right, awesome. And for for anybody listening, just in case anybody doesn't know, SEO is search engine optimization. So it's all the keywords that that get put into, you know, look, you know, you put that in your website in order to rank higher on Google and the other websites. She's, uh, we're talking about the exact same thing here. Is that basically you figure out what are those keywords that people are searching for that are going to help you rank your book higher on Amazon, right? Right, absolutely. Um. And, and search engine is really a place where people are looking. So most of the time when people in our in our market, your, yours and mine, 
are talking about search engine optimization, we're usually saying how we worship Google. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Often what we're talking about. Right. However, what people don't realize is that there are other search engines. Uh, if you're trying to figure out the best way to do something with a cake, like the actual you know, mix and, and how to use a, a particular blender, uh, chances are you might go to YouTube and actually type in what you're looking for at YouTube. And so that's a search engine, uh, not necessarily, you know, Google.com or Bing.com. Uh, YouTube's a search engine. And believe it or not, Amazon is one of the largest search engines that there are. Right. And it, and it is so true because people are spending a ton of time there. And that's something, too, that I think is really important. I And I went through kind of some of this process when we were starting to put our book together is if you've got the idea for a book, you said, okay, I'm, I think I'm ready to do this. I've got a couple of ideas in my head. One of the things that I found is really powerful is to search on Amazon and see what other books are out there in my niche you know, in on the same basic topic and then use that as a as a point to get an idea for what kind of styles of covers are more popular, what kind of titles are grabbing people's attention, how long have the books have been around, what categories are them they in. You know, you start with just some basic a basic search and you can see what's what's out there. That way you can see, okay, how can I you know, how can I fit in and of course stand out above and beyond some of these other books that are out here too. Uh, yes, you, you do um, make some very valid points. Your cover is going to be very um, important because people really do judge a book by its cover, whether or not they want to read it. And when you look for your book uh, in its particular genre on Amazon, you're going to notice some numbers on the bottom. If, it's, uh, if the book is selling well, there's something called a sales rank. Mm -hmm. And the uh, lower the sales rank, the more often that book is being sold. So you want to pay attention to the books that are actually being sold. On the left-hand side, you've got your different categories, and you can see that your book might fit into several different categories. And then, of course, you want to check out the bestsellers. How can you relate your book to the bestsellers? And there's a number of ways and tips and tricks that you, know, you can do that. Uh, for example, the Olympics are going on right now. So if you can relate your marketing to the Olympics uh, and find, you know, the best sellers in that category, then you can uh, market your book that way. Uh, popular movies that are coming out, if you can find out what movies are trending and you can um, somehow relate your contact, content to that, then again, you're going to be bettering your benefits. Love it. Awesome. Very, very cool. So uh, we've covered a lot of stuff today, but it is this is all stuff that is so amazing. And as somebody who's going through the process right now, I can tell you it's very exciting, a lot of fun. But having your book, is it, it really does open up some amazing doors for you, not just in the fact of the sales of the book, which are great. They're fun. Um, and it is definitely an income stream. But also, you know, I do want to warn everybody, keep in mind, that's not going to be what's going to make you rich. That's going to be what's going to get you out the door and get people to see this is, you know, this is who I am as an expert and why you should listen to me. And then those people are going to come and hire you for your other products, your other services, things that you've got. But it's a, an amazing marketing tool that's out there. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, absolutely. And if we're talking about reputation. Uh, when somebody Googles you, you want to make sure that uh, the information you want them to find is out there. And having an author bio on Amazon 
is uh, often, you know, in the top five search results because of the strength of that website. So there's lots and lots of reasons that you should have a book. Um, so, you know, my advice to all the listeners out there is, you know, give it a go. What do you got to lose? Right. Awesome. Love it, love it, love it. Very, very cool stuff. So we're getting close to time here. Um, I know that I've got two questions left for you. And one is that you did say that you have um, a freebie that you wanted to give to everybody listening. Do you want to talk about that for a second? Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, if, if this is all completely new to you and you're thinking you wouldn't mind giving it a shot, I do have a five-day crash course on how to get your book written in, up on Kindle. And you can find that at uh, my website with uh, Eli's, Eli's name, and that would be done for you. That's D-O-N-E, the number four, the letter U, media, M-E-D-I-A, dot com, forward slash Eli, E-O-Y. Awesome. Thank you so much. And I think that that's really powerful for everybody who, if you if you haven't got a book out yet, you need to be just, you know, get on this course, check it out, and go through the process because it's going to be really easy for you to get started. And that's the goal with it is to get something up there, get it started, and, you know, take advantage of, of what's really a hot way to get yourself out there right now. Now, and, you know, and I do want to offer them, you know, as you, as you get this, this is a – You'll get this little course via email once per day so it doesn't overwhelm you. Go ahead and read, read it out. And if you've got questions about it, just hit the reply button, and I'm happy to answer your questions. But more than that, Eli, I want to extend to your listeners that um, I have a pretty good following and uh, a pretty nice reach. So I want to challenge them. If they can go ahead and get their book written and published uh Send me an email. Send me a link to it, and I will do my best to let others know about it. That is awesome. We appreciate that so, so much because that, that's, of course, another big piece is that if, if we get our books out there and we help promote each other, I mean, that's one of the things I always ask people is like, hey, you know, if you, if you checked out the book, I really appreciate it if you share it out there and let people know. Um, if, you know, if you get the book and you read it and you like it, go back to Amazon and leave, you know, leave a review because those things all count. They all help. And, you know, those are just like, just like on this show as a, as a podcaster on iTunes. If you go back and you actually do a review of what you thought of the show, that helps rank us higher. That helps get us in front of more entrepreneurs. Therefore, we can help more entrepreneurs. So it's a way to you know build that community, essentially build the tribe. Absolutely. And uh, about, about those reviews, too, um, I I absolutely agree with you. You have to have those reviews. It helps your sales rank. It helps you get seen. Uh, Amazon will pop you up uh, higher, even if they're lower reviews. Um, but one word of caution, you know, if, if you are trying to leave a review for someone, just be aware that, um, you know, let's spread the good karma. If you can't leave a four- or five-star review, send, you know, contact that, that person and let them know exactly why and give them an opportunity to, um, to fix things up before you leave them a three-star or less. Mm-hmm. Right, and I and I do have to agree with that. There's I've seen some really really bad negative reviews and on various books. And the funny thing is that most of the time there's like one or two bad reviews out of you know a hundred great reviews on something. But it's usually when you see those, it's like oh, okay, maybe I shouldn't get this one. And you have to stop and think twice when it could be you know 
that one person that's having a bad day that is the one that wrote the review. So definitely as a word of caution for everybody listening, before you write a negative review, try to reach out to the author and say, hey, by the way, here's my thoughts and see if maybe that's something that they could fix or maybe there's just some miscommunication or there's just the possibility you just don't gel with them. Right. <laughs> yep. All right, cool. So one other question that I ask everybody is what is one action step that people listening, as soon as they get done with this, they should get out and get started on right away? Well, I would have to say, you know, I really want them to have an ultimate goal of getting their book done. So, um, I mean, aside from deciding that you're going to do it, give yourself a deadline. I'm going to have, you know, my my conversation recorded or I'm going to have my outline done. But give yourself a deadline and stick to it. Awesome. And that is the most powerful thing is giving yourself an actual deadline. Don't say, I'm going to get my book done someday. They say, I'm going to get the outline done by next week. And just Absolutely. The, that's your starting point. All right, awesome. Very, very cool stuff. And so it's, you know, we've already got the, you've already talked about the giveaway that you wanted to do with this. Is there anything else that, you know, for people that want to pay more attention to what you've got going on, are there any sites, any social media links, any of that kind of stuff you'd like to share out? Uh, sure. They can find all of my connections on my website, which is doneforyoumedia.com. Uh, that's with the number four and the letter U, media.com. Uh, in the, I'm I'm happy to I'm getting kind of up there on the on the Facebook, but you're you're welcome to um, to try to connect with me there, LinkedIn, uh, and as well uh, I have a my uh, business page does have a, a small following on Facebook as well. Awesome, very very cool. Well, thank you so much, Brenda. This has been a pleasure. I, I had a blast with this, and you know me. If there's anything that I can do to to help you and help support you, reach out and let me know. Absolutely. I, I appreciate it. Uh, appreciate you sharing me with your audience, and I look forward to promoting you some more as well. Awesome. Thank you so much. And for everybody listening, thank you for listening. We do appreciate it. Like I said earlier, do us a favor. Take two minutes. Go to iTunes. Give us a review on this show. That does mean the world to us. It helps us get our message out and get our information out to more entrepreneurs and helping them to get rid of that overwhelm of their marketing. And, of course, as always, if there's anything I can do to help you out, reach out. Let me know. Have a rock star week, and we'll see you on the next episode. Take care. Hey there, this is Eli again, and I got a question for you. Do you have a roadmap for marketing your business? If you're consistently looking for new marketing ideas just to keep your business going, then you need to check out smallbusinessmarketingroadmap.com and download the free special report that I created to help you create a marketing plan that will thrive in any economy. Again, that's smallbusinessmarketingroadmap.com. Go get it, read it, and start the road trip of your lifetime. See you on the other side.